And I'm his dad, Jeff Burnham, and we are coming to you from Frankenstein's Monkey Farm. We are here today to talk to you about a little movie called what? Godzilla, King of the Monsters. That's right. We're not talking about, and I point this out right away, we're not talking about Ishiro Honda's 1954 Gojira. We are talking about the 1956 USA adaptation of Gojira by Terry Morse called Godzilla King of the Monsters, which came out in 1956. Mm -hmm. And this movie, if you haven't seen it, is basically Gojira, but with Raymond Burr shoehorned into the movie in a whole bunch of spots where basically he just wanders around watching the movie Gojira unfold and commenting on the activities, as though he is there the whole time. Yes, he is. Now, this is the version of Godzilla that I grew up on. I saw this quite a few times as a kid. I actually didn't see Gojira until I was in my early 20s, maybe like 21 or 22. And obviously, if you're going to watch Godzilla with a kid, a kid who doesn't read subtitles all that well... Al, how fast do you read? Not fast. But you do well for your age, for sure, right? But if you're trying to read all those subtitles coming along the screen, you know, when you see mommy watching anime or something like that, there's a lot of words really fast, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they say you're really fast. Yeah, and the same speed that we talk, but imagine trying to read things the same speed we talk. Yeah. Yeah, you don't get used to that for a while. Mm-mm. No, you gotta you gotta be a little bit older before you can get to that point. Mm-hmm. So you gotta watch Godzilla King of the Monsters if yeah. you want to go back to the original, mm-hmm. or maybe watch some weird dubbed version of Gojira. Though I can't imagine that would be much fun for a kid because Gojira is not exactly a fun movie for reasons we will get into. But we definitely had a good time with Godzilla King of the Monsters. Mm-hmm. Would you like to explain to our listeners what happens in Godzilla King of the Monsters? Uh-huh. So, in the starting, you see, like, these guys on this boat, but then, like, Godzilla is under the water, uh-huh. making these boats explode, and, and one of them half, half explode, the other side that didn't explode, got, like, so much water on it. Yeah, it sank. Yeah. Yeah, because Godzilla's standing at the bottom of the ocean, blasting boats. Yeah. Then he exploded another one whole. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this movie, for you, then, is probably all about Godzilla, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. How did you feel about the characters in the movie and their stories? Well, I just really want to talk about the whole entire movie. Well, that sounds good, then. Like, the starting... 
to the end. Okay. Well, why don't you talk a little bit about our main character in this one? Who was it? Steve Martin. Who is Steve Martin? Well, in real life, he's a comedian, but in this movie, he is the character played by Raymond Burr. And do you remember what his job is? No. He is a journalist or a reporter. Oh. And he works for a company called United World News. And do you remember where he's from? The town we see destroyed. Nope, nope, nope. That's where his friend lives. He's from a town that you know really well. What? Chicago. Okay, yes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's in Japan visiting his friend, right? Yes, he does. But, like, Godzilla is wandering around. You still don't know where he is because he keeps popping up everywhere. And you don't know where he is because he keeps popping up everywhere. Which is weird because he's really big, right? Yeah. And nobody knows where he is, what's going on, and then he pops up, but he's 30 stories tall, they tell yeah. us. How do you 30. lose something that's 30 stories tall? It's bigger than a building. Well, unless that building is 30 stories taller, larger, yeah. Yeah. Well, in what you talked about during the movie was mm-hmm. how Godzilla was going crazy. Yeah. You know, Godzilla's underwater, Godzilla's zapping these boats, going crazy, like you said. But why, I wonder? Because he's a giant stegosaurus lizard T-Rex thing. Okay, so he's like a cross between a T-Rex, a stegosaurus, and a lizard. Yes, because he has a lizard tail, a T-Rex body and head, and stegosaurus spikes. Yeah, like plates down his back? Yeah, plates. Yeah, sure. Plates down his back. That's a good comparison to make. But do you think that's why he's attacking? I mean... Would anything that is a cross between a T-Rex, a Stegosaurus, and a lizard automatically be something that wants to destroy boats and buildings and stuff? No. He's just, like, 30 stories tall. Uh-huh, but why is he attacking? That's what I want to know. Because he's a giant monster, right? Sure, he's a giant monster. But do you have any guess as to why Godzilla is attacking? Mmm. I have three reasons. Oh, great. Maybe Godzilla just wanted to. So maybe Godzilla's just a bad dude, number one. Not a dude. Not a dude. (laughs) Well, Godzilla's a king. We know Godzilla's a guy based on the title of the movie. Yes. It is Godzilla the king of the monsters. So maybe, one, Godzilla's just a bad dude. What's reason number two? Potential reason number two. Maybe he just wanted to be... Godzilla, but people thought he was going to attack the town, so he went crazy and destroyed the town. Oh, you mean like, because Godzilla comes up out of the harbor and doesn't mean to hurt things, doesn't mean to destroy buildings, doesn't mean to smash boats, but when he gets up out of there, they try to electrocute him and zap him and, you know, blast him with tank bullets and stuff. No, he already destroyed the town, remember? He already did. You mean in the opening? Yeah. Well, that's like a flash forward. What happens in the movie in the beginning is we see the town destroyed, but then we go back to the beginning of the story and we learn about how the town came to be destroyed. We learn about Steve Martin and his friends, and we learn about 
Godzilla attacking the city. So what we see in the opening isn't the city destroyed and then Godzilla destroys it again. Godzilla only destroys it once. But we start the story after the city's destroyed, and then the story goes back to before the city was destroyed. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So it's not destroyed twice. Okay, now I got it. Or maybe. Okay, reason number three then. Reason number three. Maybe Godzilla just thinks the boats just are reporting to kill him, so that's why he destroyed the boats. Oh, so you think maybe Godzilla's worried about spies or something. Worried about the boats are like reporting for the other people to kill him. That's why he destroys the boat. Okay, so here's our three potential reasons why Godzilla attacks Tokyo. Mm-hmm. One, maybe Godzilla's a bad dude. Mm-hmm. Two, maybe Godzilla was just chilling out and not realizing he was doing damage. And then all of a sudden, people start shooting tanks and stuff at him. Uh-huh. Or number three, maybe Godzilla's just really paranoid. What's paranoid? Like he's worried that people are watching him or spying on him. Yeah. Okay, I like that one. I like that one a lot. That's pretty funny. Maybe they're spying on him, so he destroys the town. What do we learn about Godzilla, though, the first time Godzilla comes up on land? It's really funny. He pops up with his head. You don't see his whole entire body. Until, like, the end of the movie, you see his leg, his head, two times. Then at the end of the movie, you see his whole entire dirty, starry feet tall monster body. Uh-huh. So, originally, like you said, we just see Godzilla's foot. No, face first. Two well, no, times. we see the leg first. Yes. Remember, first we see the leg because Godzilla kicks over a building, kicks over a house. Remember, those people are sleeping, and the one guy looks out the window, and he starts screaming, and then his house gets kicked over. And that's all we see until the next day, mm-hmm. when he pops up over the top of that mountain. Oh, oh, I remembered this part. And then the next day, they find a helicopter flying over <laughs> the town. <laughs> yeah, remember? well, I do, I do remember that. That's funny stuff. There are... In this adaptation of Godzilla, in this version, there are some very strange pronunciations. A couple of them come from Raymond Burr when he's doing his narration, like he read it, and then maybe they didn't go back. The first that we noticed was Raymond Burr saying, Helicopter. Yeah, he says helicopter instead of helicopter. Yes. And we giggled about that. And I know some people call helicopters helos, so... Yeah, I mean, there's probably some he historical reference for that. And he loved to make helicopter. Yeah, he sure did. But then later, he goes to say the word lived, and he says lived. lived. Yeah, lived. And then um, there's the older Japanese scientist character who we don't get to know in this version. He's a much more major player in Gojira. But in this version, he doesn't do much except talk at press conferences. And he says the word phenomenon really strangely. Phenomenon. Yeah. Yeah, that's how he really actually says it. He says it really weird. Is that normal? No, no. No, no, it's not normal. Phenomenon. 
Is that even a weird word? No, it is not. <laughs> Somebody should have told this guy. Yeah. It's a strange bit of dubbing. Lived. 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 Helicopter. And. Phenomenon are the first funny words we ever hear. Yeah, they say, well, and those are spread out throughout the entire movie. Yes. That's pretty consistent giggle that we got out of this thing. Mm-hmm. But to take it to a more serious note, okay, Godzilla leaves that island where he kicked over the house. Mm-hmm. And they examine his footprints the next day. And what do they find out about his footprints? We actually hear, if you be really close attention, you hear Godzilla's footprints are radiation footprints. Yeah, they're radioactive. Yeah. Yeah. So, if you be really quiet, you can actually hear that. The movie says that. Yeah, if you're the paying guy, attention, basically. Like, when it was destroyed, the guy talks about how it got destroyed. And he says, if you be really quiet, they're radioactive footprints. And what's bad about radiation? Radiation can give you cancer. And you would die. Oh, no. Yeah, that's one thing about Godzilla. Like, he's going into the water again. Yeah, and so Godzilla comes up on that island, you know, stomps on the houses and stuff. And it goes back in the water. And they're really worried because they discover that Godzilla's footprints are irradiated. Yeah. And not only that. But also, their drinking water in the town is now contaminated with radiation. Everywhere Godzilla goes is contaminated with radiation. Yeah. And do you know why that is? Because his feet are radiation. Sure, sure. I guess I mean more thematically. Well... What does that mean? Themes are what movies and stories are really about. So, Godzilla is about a giant monster, right? Mm-hmm. But it's about other things, too. Mm-hmm. Deeper things, other meanings than just a monster attacks a city. Yeah. Godzilla is a movie that's about the creation of weapons that can destroy human life en masse. Yes. What this movie is really about in a thematic way, is how at the end of World War II, which was a giant, giant war, okay, and I don't ha- I don't want to really get into here what the whole nature of the war was, but the war was finally ended when the United States, our country, dropped two bombs called atom bombs on Japan, and they dropped them into cities where they wiped out tons of people. Lots and lots of people died in these explosions. And these bombs would not only superheat the area and basically vaporize everything. Mm -hmm. Anybody who survived and was in the nearby area also got irradiated and could end up with cancer as a result. Mm -hmm. And so Godzilla is actually in part about that too. The same way that King Kong was about love... This movie is also about war and the cost of war. And so that's why Sarazawa, do you remember the character of Sarazawa? The guy with one eye, the scientist? 
Yeah, so that's why in the end of the movie, the characters have a big debate about whether or not to use the oxygen destroyer. Mm-hmm. And that's the weapon that Sarazawa created. Do you remember what that does? Kills anything in the water. Exactly. And Sarazawa doesn't want to use it because Sarazawa knows that if he uses it, a lot of innocent creatures are going to die as a result of using it. And so he doesn't want to. In the same way that this movie tells us that on a narrative level, it is also thematically about how maybe we as people shouldn't use weapons that are going to so carelessly destroy innocent lives. How do you feel about that? Not good. He has a choice between lots of innocent creatures dying or let Godzilla keep going and lots of innocent people dying. Yeah, and that's a tough choice that he has to make in the end because if he lets Godzilla live, he knows Godzilla will keep destroying cities. Because mm-hmm. the bulk of the movie, like right there in the middle of the movie, is about Godzilla going through Tokyo, trashing the place. Yeah. And we'll talk more about that in a minute. We'll get, yeah. we'll come back to that because there's a lot to be said about that. But Sarazawa knows that Godzilla will come back and kill more innocent people. Mm-hmm. So Sarazawa can let that continue happening. Or Sarazawa can take his weapon, the oxygen destroyer, put it in the ocean and let it kill Godzilla, but in turn also kill a whole bunch of innocent creatures. That is an ethical dilemma. Yeah. And ethics is the study of... Science. No. Ethics is the study of right and wrong. It's about what people should do. Mm -hmm. It's something that I teach. I teach classes on ethics. Mm -hmm. And it's the study of right and wrong. And what you realize when you start studying ethics, in the same way that this movie approaches this ethical dilemma is that ethical dilemmas, ethical problems are rarely easy. They're usually really, really tough choices where there's no clear answer. When we think of right and wrong, that's usually problematic because it's tough to find the best thing to do. It's tough to find the right thing to do. Usually, all you can do is your best. And that's what Sarazawa does. He does his best with the decision that he has in front of him. Sometimes life's that way, man. It's a bummer. I know. Yeah. And we've gone into serious territory here with this podcast. Yeah. But it is a bummer how life does oftentimes present you with choices that are really tough to make. And I've had those choices to make. You know, nothing as serious as Sarazawa's, you know, dealing with potentially millions of lives. But I have faced decisions where there was no clear, easy answer. And those things happen to all of us. So I guess what this boils down to is the fact that Godzilla isn't necessarily a fun movie. It's pretty harrowing. It's pretty tough. And yet there is, if especially you watch Godzilla King of the Monsters, a lot of fun to be had even still. Because obviously we were chuckling about Phenomenon. Oh. Uh Uh-huh. Helicopter. Helicopter and lived. That's what I was just going about to say. Yeah. So we've we've already had some chuckles about oh, it. Oh, oh, oh. And another one. Godzilla looking like he was going to eat things. Uh-huh, like when he approached the bridge and you were like, oh no, he's going to eat the bridge. And like when he was actually tearing the lightning thing apart. But well, the, it, like the, um, the 
power lines. He was actually tearing the power lines apart, but it looked like he was going to eat it. Well, I mean, he's big enough, man. Maybe he was just going to take those power lines down and put them in a big bowl like spaghetti. Because he is radiation. Well, that's a good point. So he could actually probably eat that. Yes. Yeah. But he would get shocked. Well, maybe he would just absorb it and it would make him stronger. Remember, because he has the radiation that melts the power lines. So Uh that could really help him get stronger. Where does that radiation come out of? His body. But where specifically? His spikes. Ah, okay. So it's a, yes, it's from his spikes. We see his spikes light up. Uh Uh-huh. And then what happens? He melts down the power line one. But where does that heat come out of? His mouth. Yeah, exactly. Like, his spikes glow. Then he melts the power line and puts almost the whole entire town on fire. It looks like his... His fire is so big, it looks like the sky is on fire. I know, it's a ton of fire yeah. by the end. Because Godzilla has this radioactive heat breath. Yeah. He, like, pops up, he doesn't destroy anything. But he destroys boats first, then he doesn't destroy anything until he gets to Tokyo, then he almost destroys the whole entire town. Yeah. Yeah. He leaves Tokyo in ruins, absolute ruins. Yeah. But then you flash back in time to how it actually got destroyed, right? Yeah, yeah. In the beginning, we start at the end, and then we go back. And basically, we watch Raymond Burr watch the movie Godzilla and talk about what happens in the movie. It's so weird. It's such a dissociative experience to watch Raymond Burr watch a movie and explain it to you while he's watching it. It's kind of maddening. Because, like, you know what's happening because he's explaining everything. Yeah, even things that we can see are happening. He's telling us they're happening. That's a good point, Alistair. I didn't even think of that. That, I think, is why it is so maddening. Because he'll tell you something while you're looking at it happening. So you don't need him to tell you because you're already watching it. Yeah. Dude, that's a good point. That's why it drives me so crazy, I think. Yeah. Because he says stuff that you're... Looking at right now. It's redundant. Yeah. When you're watching Godzilla, don't worry about Raymond Burr. Just worry about the movie. Yeah. You got to look through the Raymond Burr. (laughs) That's a good point. Just don't even listen to Raymond Burr. Watch the movie. Of course, though, he is part of this movie. That's the crazy thing. That Terry Morse, when Morse made this version of Godzilla... Morse incorporated Raymond Burr into the story, made Raymond Burr Sarazawa's, like, best friend or something. And Raymond Burr knows the characters, and he's got a couple really awkward scenes where they make him talk to the characters, which he doesn't in the original movie, of course, in Gojira, because he wasn't there. So it's very weird. But while we're on the subject of Sarazawa, there is something you wanted to talk about about Sarazawa that I have in your notes here. Uh-huh. Sarazawa's got something that you said was really cool. Mm-hmm. His lab. Yeah, his laboratory. It has so much science stuff. Yeah, because he's a scientist, so he's got all this scientific equipment all over the place. This place is chock-a-block full. Dad, that doesn't even sound like a word to me. <laughs> chock-a-block? No. <laughs> 
It's true, though. It's true. Yes. So why don't you explain his lab a little bit? Because it is something that you told me to write down because you wanted to talk about it. Every shelf is just laboratory stuff. Science stuff. Every shelf. There might be, like, shelves with, like, those pull-up things. What were they called? I have no idea. I don't know what you're talking about. Like a rack? No, like the the drawers and stuff. You can oh, it's got out. drawers in it. Yeah. Yeah, I think I saw some drawers. Yeah, I'm sure. You can't I... have a science lab without drawers. Yeah, that's right. And why were you so drawn to Sarazawa's lab? Why is that something that you thought was particularly interesting? Because I wanted to be a scientist. You wanted to be or want to be? I want to be. Uh-huh. That's one of the many things Alistair wants to do. He's told me he wants to be as many as ten different things during the course of his life. Mm-hmm. High aspirations. I like it. Mm-hmm. Because I'm multiple things, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm a teacher. Yes. A communication scholar. Yes. A screenwriter. A podcaster. A dad. So I do all kinds of things. But what I like about your list is that your list are very, very different things. My list is all stuff that are very related. Stuff related to movies and TV and media, the things that I like, the things that I do, art, you know. They're all very related. But you've got a lot Mm -hmm. of different things you want to do. Yeah. Policeman, fireman. Science is the most one I really want to do. Yeah, and you like the idea of being like a veterinarian, being an animal doctor. Yeah. Or just a regular doctor, even? Both. Both? Yeah, both. And a policeman. And a fireman. And also a construction worker. And a construction worker. And you've said you want to be a teacher. Maybe a spaceman if I decide. Maybe an astronaut. Yeah, lots of stuff. You got... Um, well, here's the thing, man. You got tons of time to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Because you want to know something about your dad? What? I'm 32 years old, and I don't even know... If I've figured out what I want to do when I grow up. And I'm I'm five. Yeah, and you're five. So you got a time. I'm still figuring it out, man. I'm still teaching and screenwriting at the same time. I'm just doing all the things I want to do at once. I think the idea of picking one thing to do for the rest of your life is kind of crazy. Yeah. Because there's so much fun to be had. Mm Mm-hmm. So much things that you could be. So much. So why limit yourself? Why just limit yourself to one? Exactly. And the thing is, you might try to do one of those things and discover, hmm, not really for me, actually. And then you just don't do that. And you might try one of those and go, whoa, that's the best thing I've ever done. And that could be the thing that you decide to do. Uh Uh-huh. But there's no reason you even still have to limit yourself then. Uh Mm-hmm. Like, if you want to grow up and you haven't figured out what you want to be, Try jobs. If you say, nah, that's not good, just don't do it. Exactly. If you say, like, I want to do that job, let's do that job. Don't let yourself to one. Exactly. So, let's go back into the movie. All right, Tokyo. Tokyo is where we get all of the special effects. Mm-hmm. Godzilla is, like King Kong, a special effects extravaganza. I like the part where, like, he's looking at the ground, and his face looks like a Kermit the Frog. Yeah, he's got this very Muppety-looking puppet face. Yeah, so I guess it's worth noting that 
There are tons of special effects. They use all kinds yeah. of effects to make Godzilla happen. Mm -hmm. So, as Al pointed out, they have a cartoonish puppet, which mm -hmm. looks very Muppety, kind yes. of Kermit the Froggy. Yes. And those parts are hilarious to me. Yes. We also have... What else? How else do you think they did King Kong? Or, I did it. Ah, I knew I was going to do it at some point. How else do you think they did Godzilla? Yeah, I know. We were, you're were chuckling at me because I keep calling Godzilla King Kong. Ugh. Because it's the last... King Kong is the last movie we did a full review of on the podcast. And we decided to keep the big monster thing going. And I was like, Al, you just wait, man. You just wait. At some point during this episode... I'm going to call Godzilla King Kong. I knew it. And there it is. It's just so funny. Yeah? You keep saying... I know, man. I keep messing it up. You keep saying, like... Silly. Keep saying King Kong and not Godzilla. I know. I'm, I'm a goof. Well, Godzilla. How else do you think they made Godzilla happen? Put a guy in a suit? Definitely. 100% definitely guy in a suit. They have... Guy in a suit, walking around in a tiny miniature Tokyo, smashing buildings and stuff. Yeah. Right? And that's basically how they've I, done I Godzilla maybe, forever. Maybe, like, they put, like, a miniature um, world with people on top of cars and stuff, and action figures everywhere. And then, like, the guy was, like, squashing everything. Yeah, like they just yeah. put little dolls, like little figures of people, and he just walks around stomping on yeah. them. Like the fire truck, it roared. Like the guy was on the side. He didn't come off. Yeah, yeah, we watched that very closely. There's a guy on the side of the fire truck. Yeah. When Godzilla kicks the fire truck, the guy doesn't come off. Because he's, he's just the action figure. Yeah, basically. Yeah, he doesn't come off. But they also mm -hmm. take this guy in a suit. They take this guy in a suit, and they mix it. And even the puppet. And they mix these things with actual shots of actual people using a sort of chroma key effect. Oh, right? you like also a, pointed like, out. Yeah, like a compositing. Yeah. You also pointed out real people running away from the a giant Godzilla. Yeah, yeah. Real There's like people. guy in Godzilla suit feet and real people running away from those feet, which they do by compositing. What you do is you take two shots. So you take a shot of people. You take a shot of Godzilla, and you basically put them together so that one looks like it's a part of the other, mm -hmm. right? And so they weren't filmed at the same time. They're totally different shots. I could take a shot of your feet and then go out on the street and take a shot of cars going down the street, and I could take your feet and make it look like your feet are walking down the street, like smashing yes. cars. And that's basically what they did with yeah. a lot of these effects. Uh-huh. And because they use Guy in a Suit, and because they use a puppet, it does end up being far more cost-efficient and time-effective in many ways than King Kong, which had a lot of stop-motion. It was almost entirely stop-motion. That's super time-consuming. Godzilla, put a guy in a suit, have him smash some buildings. Like, I could take your hand and I could take a building. Put them together. You smash in a building. Like, yeah. that, that's how they did it. Take a picture of the guy in Godzilla for, or anybody put, take a picture of another thing. Then they put it together, and it makes a scene. Mm-hmm. Compositing. Yeah. And nowadays, we do that with, like, a green screen effect. What's a green screen? Is it a green screen? Yeah, it's what it sounds like. Yeah. It's a green screen, and basically, you put somebody in front of it, and then you take the color green out of the shot, and you put something else in. 
Yeah. So, Tokyo destroyed. The sky, as Alistair tells you, is basically on fire. That is how devastated the city is. It's not on fire, it just looks it like It looks like it's on fire. But you look at that skyline, and the whole city is burning. Godzilla's destroyed the place. Yeah, it almost looks like the whole entire world is on fire. And ultimately, that's why Sarazawa decides to use the oxygen destroyer to stop Godzilla. He has to. And he also cut the rope. Yeah. Yeah, Sarazawa sacrifices himself in the end, lets himself die with Godzilla. Hmm, why do you think he rope? does that? Because he didn't want to do all these things that were really not good. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Sarazawa had done bad things. Using the oxygen destroyer at all killed a lot of innocent creatures, and he didn't want to be a part of that anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's it's, why he it's cut sad. The rope. And yet, the movie is still really cool. Yeah. So, it's a really complex film. Mm-hmm. A lot of cool stuff, a lot of fun stuff, some funny stuff, and some really serious stuff. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the movies we talk about on the show, actually. Well, Alistair, if you don't have anything else to say about the plot of Godzilla, I've got a couple questions for you. Mm-hmm. Two questions. Question number one. Would you recommend Godzilla, King of the Monsters? Yes. And why? Because it's a good movie. Also, if you think it's a, a thing that's too scary by what it's called, watch it first. Yeah, because it's called King of the Monsters. Yeah, so, you know, if you're worried about your kids watching it, yeah, maybe watch it first. But this is one that I grew up on. So I don't see a ton of problems with it. It's definitely not as serious a film as it's Gojira. Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Yeah. So. How did you handle it? Good. Did it bother you? No. Just by the helicopter. <laughs> yeah, that bothered you in a way that made you laugh. The next day, they find it a helicopter. <laughs> I know, I yeah, know. So it's funny. such a strange phenomenon. You said <laughs> so, you'd recommend Godzilla King of the Monsters? Yes. Now, the reason we did this episode is, of course, because our last full movie review was on mm -hmm. King Kong. Yeah. And we kind of had to keep the giant monster thing going. Yeah. Right? We're sort of in a giant monster kick at the moment. And we thought, why not do Godzilla back-to-back -back with King Kong as our two mm -hmm. full monster movie reviews. Yeah. Obviously with a monster stampede mm -hmm. sandwiched in the middle. But why not do these two classic giant monsters back to back? And so, because of that, my second question for you, Alistair, is mm -hmm. this. Which is the better film? Godzilla King of the Monsters or King Kong 1933? I think Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Yeah? Why is that? Well, I'm not going to say it's a better movie. You maybe just had more fun watching it? Yeah, because it's more fun, like helicopter. Yeah, you got such a kick out of him saying helicopter and phenomenon and stuff like that. that I, I think... didn't hear him say alive. I didn't hear him say that. 
Yeah, but I wrote it down because I heard it. It was weird. Yeah. Yeah. But Al giggled so much because of those two things, Phenomenon and Helicopter, that I think that pretty much accounts for your vote here, right? Yeah. Like, if they said Helicopter in King Kong, you'd be all for it? If they said the same thing, I would go for both. Yeah, you would just say tie? Just tie? Yeah. Do you mind if I vote? Yeah. Personally, I vote for King Kong. I think mm-hmm. that King Kong is a better film all around. We definitely had a ton of fun watching Godzilla together, and we watched it more recently, so that's definitely fresher in our minds. But I think that King Kong is a better film than Godzilla King of the Monsters. Now, if we were talking about the original Gojira, I don't know. King Kong amazes me more with its special effects than Godzilla does, or Gojira, Mm -hmm. because it's all stop motion. But between the two, if I have to choose just between this version and King Kong, I would say King Kong. Okay. So, Mm. it's a tie vote. So, you had King Kong, I had Godzilla. So they're all covered. All covered. There you go. Could Avercast recommendation? Watch them both. Godzilla versus King Kong. Whoa. It's almost like we're going to do that for an episode sometime in the future. Mm Mm-hmm. Because we're at a tie. We're at a tie right now. Godzilla, King Kong. Going to have to settle it. I think we should vote for whoever... We voted for in the podcast. Oh, so you're going to be rooting for Godzilla when we watch King Kong versus Godzilla. And I'm going to root for King Kong. Yeah. Oh, that Mm. sounds like a lot of fun. Uh Uh-huh. We're doing that. High five. Because we both like, we both think they're good movies, gooder than the other movies. So I have to bet on. Yeah. So we have to do that and see which. Is white. Godzilla. Oh, so we're each going to root for our respective Godzilla monsters. Godzilla or King Kong. Yeah, next time. And I don't know if it'll be the next episode, but sometime in the next two yeah. full movie review episodes, mm-hmm. we'll talk about that. Uh-huh. Or should we make it the next episode? What do you think? No, I think the next episode. Because we okay. were actually, we didn't know which one was the better movie. All right, so... You heard it here, folks. We're announcing it a month in advance. We've got a monster stampede coming up next. And after that, King Kong versus Godzilla, we're going to settle the score between Al's pick and my pick. And we're going to see who comes out on top. Now it's time to do Beastly Best. Yeah, Beastly Best is when we talk about the coolest monster moment in the movie. Al, what is your Beastly Best? I think it's... Godzilla scream. Yeah, Godzilla has an epic scream. Do you want to try it? Do you want to try showing our listeners what Godzilla's scream sounds like? Rawr! That's pretty good. And as a matter of fact, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take that scream. I'm going to play your scream you just did. And then I'm going to take that scream and I'm going to tweak it in audacity. And I'm going to add a bunch of effects to it. And try to make it sound just like Godzilla's roar. And I'm going to put it in the podcast right here. Now, wasn't that epic? Yeah. So, Godzilla Scream. That's your vote for Beastly Best? Mm Mm-hmm. It is 
so iconic. When you think of Godzilla, you think of that scream. What's your beastly best, Dad? Well, mine would have to be the puppet. Just any time we see the puppet, I think that's amazing. I love the Godzilla puppet. Kermit the Frog face. Yeah, the Kermit the Frog face. Godzilla, that's good stuff. That puppet cracks me up. Especially when the puppet starts breathing the radiation down on the city. Mm -hmm. That's so goofy to see that puppet, like, and like breathing all that radiation out. It's so goofy looking. I love the puppet. I love the puppet one. It's so funny. Now it's time to get spooked. So what do you think is the spookiest moment? Well, mine is when you see Godzilla walking and you see the town on fire. Mm. That is also my spookiest moment. I think the skyline of Tokyo on fire is horrifying. Horrifying. That's crazy stuff. Yeah. I think when I when I watch that movie, every time you see the destruction, the aftermath, that does really get to me. That mm-hmm. is really scary stuff. To see Godzilla go through all this stuff, smashing things, kicking over little toy trucks or whatever. And it's fun. That's a fun sequence. I think it's toy but then, trucks. Yeah. But then you get to the end and you see the city on fire and it all becomes real in that moment to you. Like that moment settles in. Holy cow. That city's done. Yeah. That's intense. Because, like, it feels like to me, the real sky in that movie was on fire. Because the fire was so big that it looked like the sky was on fire. I know. Well, Alistair, have you anything else to say about Godzilla, King of the Monsters? No. Okay, then. Well, before we get this show wrapped up, We do want to talk about a couple things. Yeah. Give a couple shout outs. Mm -hmm. First of all, we have a new patron Mm -hmm. who we want to give a huge thanks to, Uh Chris Bieberstein. Yes. Thank you, Chris. Absolutely. Chris is helping us out big time. So, Chris, thank you. And thank you, too, Chris. I also want to give shout outs again to all of the awesome podcasts that we did last episode because, holy cow, man. We dropped that King Kong episode in which we gave shout outs to some of the podcasts who we've been listening to and stuff, or mostly I've been listening to rather, and the love we've gotten from them has been great. So like Heavy Metal Horror Cast, Screaming Queens, these podcasts that we had not had really much interaction with before, you know, gave us some really sweet shout outs. Thank you all so much. It means a lot in the continuing support of the likes of The Undead Wookiee, of course, Fan to Fan Podcast, This Was Rad, You're All Great People, as well as our brethren at Word Salad Productions, right? So check out all of our Word Salad podcasts. Mm -hmm. We've got great stuff, quote unquote guilty, the countdown movies and TV reviews, Mm -hmm. and of course, dealing with Philip. But I also want to give a shout out to Cult Compass on Twitter. Mm -hmm. He has been- Yeah, he's been listening to our episodes sort of rapid fire and got caught up on us really quickly and was sort of keeping us up to date on where he was in the show, letting us hear his thoughts. Check him out, Cult Compass, on Twitter. He also has a website where he reviews mostly weird old movies, a lot of 
70s Satanist movies and stuff like that. A lot of movies that are near and dear to my heart, like Race with the Devil. So Cult Compass as well. A lot of shout outs. I know. But we are feeling the love lately. And so Mm -hmm. we like to give back. Yeah. Oh, holy cow. Alistair, why don't you tell our listeners what audienceseverywhere.net named us for the week of February 20th? yes, Yes. Okay. They named us Movie Podcast of the Week. That was huge for us. Yeah. Sean Fallon over at audienceseverywhere.net named us Movie Podcast of the Week for the week of February 20th, 2017. Yes. His write-up on our show was wonderful. I mean, it made my week, frankly. I I was glowing for the rest of the day. That's, That's big for us because- it's not the most high-tech of shows by any means. It's a thing mm-hmm. we do for love. And to have people recognizing our podcast and saying such nice things about it really does mean the world mm-hmm. to us. means everything. It does mean everything. You're right. I mean, we would do this podcast even if it was just for ourselves. But to know you're out there listening, everybody, frankly, I have no inclination to stop anytime soon. If you keep listening... We'll keep going on the podcast. Yeah, just keep, just let us know you're there. Tell us what you think. Yeah. We love to hear all the feedback. Yeah. And so if you want to give us feedback, here's how you can do it. Look us up on mm-hmm. Twitter at cadaver underscore cast. You can find us on Facebook at cadavercast. That's one word. Or you can always send us an email at cadavercast at gmail.com. That's again, cadavercast, one word at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Hit us up. Whatever your thoughts are, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. With that, Alistair, why don't you sign us out? You've been listening to Cadavercast. I'm Arabana. And I'm his dad, Jeff Burnham. And thank you for listening. Thank you big time. Yeah. We love you. Yeah, that we do. Thanks, everybody. down to patreon.com slash wordsalad. And why should our listeners head on over to patreon.com slash wordsalad, Alistair? Help us and help me go to college. Yeah, that's right, because our patrons help us keep this podcast going. It costs real money to run a podcast. I know it sounds crazy, but it does. And so... We appreciate any help we can get with this because we're not doing this for the money. But since we're not doing it for the money and we're doing it for the love of podcasting, it is also worth noting that here at CadaverCast, when we get money in, that money not only goes to upkeep, but anything else we get is going to be going into a savings account for Alistair. Yes. And that goes towards what? College. Exactly. So any money we make over upkeep goes into a college fund for Al. So if you appreciate the content we do here, why don't you head on over to patreon.com slash wordsalad. Every little bit helps. Helps us keep the podcast going. Helps us keep the content coming. And also, someday we'll help this little dude who I imagine is bringing you a lot of entertainment. I know he entertains me to no end. Help him 
go to college and do what it is that he wants to do with his life someday. Yes. That's why you should go on down to patreon.com slash Thank you, everybody.